three o'clock calendar. I guess it's noon calendar. Okay. In the case 23-2832, Legacy Cares. Taxes on the Legacy Cares case. Let's start with Mr. Taylor. Hello, Your Honor. This is Hank Taylor, attorney uh, for Legacy Cares Inc. The debtor. Thank you. Mr. Packer, are you on the line? I am. Uh, good afternoon, Your Honor. Bradley Pack appearing on behalf of Wholesale Floors, LLC. Thank you. Are there other occurrences? Your Honor, this okay. is Bob McCurkin on behalf of the debtor. Hello, Mr. Curry. Other appearances? Then hearing none, Mr. Taylor, would you like to start off, please? Yes, thank you, Your Honor. I appreciate you making some time for us uh, uh, today on this. Um, I wanted to raise the court, uh, raise with the court an evidentiary, or I guess a proposal um, for uh, the hearing on, on June 13. Um, I know both the court and Mr. Pack have been uh, very interested in understanding what sort of interest or level of interest we have received you know, during the sale process, specifically um, whether there have been dollar amounts presented to us, um, offers. That was another question that Mr. Pack had at the 341 meeting where he used. Um, and I think I've been, as the court is aware, pretty pretty close mouth about that, um, certainly in response to your questions. Uh, what I wanted to propose is, you know, we during the sale process, we're at the point where we have received what I will call non-binding letters of interest. You know, these are written letters that come from interested parties. Interested parties are interested in pursuing um, a transaction. Uh, these letters of interest have dollar amounts attached to them. Um, and I wanted to, because of the court's questions, as well as Mr. Pack's interest, uh, suggest or propose a way that that information could be provided to the court, um, what information we can disclose in that regard. Uh, and what, what I propose is that I can make a statement on the record at the hearing on June 13th that is along the lines of we have received non-binding letters of interest, uh, several of which uh, are at include dollar figures that are above the aggregate amount of the dip loan and the face amount of the mechanics lines. Um, I can't go any further than that uh, in, in, in public, if you will, because I don't want to uh, prejudice our sales process in any way. Uh, understanding, of course, that, you know, that's just an attorney's statement. And um, I know Mr. Pack, I guess, is not willing to accept that. Uh, what I would offer to the court to substantiate what I just said was to provide the court with the written letters of interest that we have received so far, understanding we're still in the process of getting letters of interest, uh, so that the court could review those in camera. Uh, but as I explained to Mr. Pack yesterday, uh, when I discussed this with him, I can't put a witness on the stand and subject him to cross-examination on that, and I can't make those letters of interest public. Um, so that's the proposal I wanted to make, really to, 
I think, address the interest of the court and Mr. Pack in regards to what sort of value has been attached to this property uh, in the sale process so far. Um, so that's why I wanted to raise that with the court now uh, in advance of the hearing. And I take it you and Mr. Pack have discussed uh, whether you'd be willing to supply this information to him under a non-disclosure uh, uh, and, and agreement not to speak uh, with any of the prospective buyers. You've discussed that, right? I didn't discuss that specifically with Mr. Pack, Your Honor. I will tell you that the reason I didn't is that um, our Miller Buckfire, our investment banker, uh, is was concerned with me just offering to let you take a look at it. Uh, several of the letters of interest include confidentiality provisions that preclude us from sharing them with other parties. So we do not want to be in a situation where we have to go back to those, um, those, those parties that submitted those letters and ask for their permission to disclose them to, to other creditors in the case. Okay. Now, my recollection is that if you uh, add the uh, the financing thought together with the stated amount of the material lens liens, your belief is that the material lens liens are significantly overstated in in the aggregate, right? That's correct, Your Honor. Uh, but so if you, if you make a statement, but if you make the statement then that uh, the financing plus the stated amount of the material lens liens uh, is uh, uh, together something less than the minimum offer uh, that you've seen so far. You could say that, but then the knowledge would be uh, there's some water in there, right? Your Honor, I can't, I, I can't say the minimum offer. I, I can only say that we've received multiple offers at above that number. And, this, and, and that's all I can say about it. I see. So there may be some some offer that's less, but I, I understand what you're saying. All right. Is there something else you wanted to tell me? No, Your Honor. Okay. Mr. Pack? We can't accept that, Your Honor. I, I mean, one of the critical things that they've got to prove in order to get this priming uh, motion uh, approved is that there's adequate protection of the mechanics lien holder's interest. So they do have to... Um, come up with some evidence of the value of the property and to say not only are, are we going to ask the court to rely on evidence that's, that's hearsay and which is inadmissible because we can't examine it, but we're going to submit that evidence in secret and you can't even, uh, you mechanics lien holders can't even find out what that evidence is or try and make any assessment of how reliable it is or present any evidence to that court on, on that issue, that, I mean, there's just, there's no way that, that could satisfy the standards of, of due process, let alone um, of admissibility of, of evidence. I, I mean, I, I know we tend to um, relax rules of evidence somewhat in, in bankruptcy court, but, I mean, this is so far beyond um, I think what what would be acceptable. It, I mean, there's there's just no way that we can accept that. And, and I don't see how you can have a a record on an issue which is a critical issue if you're going to say the evidence that we want you to rely on is is secret and you know not just filed under seal. 
um, but filed in a manner that even the other parties don't have an opportunity to see it. Mr. Pack, do you have uh, contravening evidence that you're intending to bring forward, or is it simply a matter of, uh, of having the debtor carry the burden here? No, I think it's a, we, we don't have contravening evidence of the value. We don't have anyone prepared to testify that the value of the property is uh, less than X dollars or more than X dollars, but uh, it, it is the debtor's burden to prove adequate protection, um, and if the only evidence that they're going to put on on that is evidence that they want to put on in secret, um, then, you know, I, I think uh, it makes it very difficult for them to meet that burden. If they want to put on some other evidence of, of value, um, you know, then certainly they they can do that um, to the extent it's admissible, but I, I don't think you can rely on secret evidence. So you've really hit on the next question I was going to ask Mr. Taylor, which is, Mr. Taylor, is there anything in addition to what you're proposing to share in camera that you would intend to bring to court at the time of the hearing? Well, Your Honor, I could I could have Mr. Moss testify as to value. He's the representative of the owner. I just think the letters of interest are the indication of what the market says this property is worth. Okay. And these these letters of intent, uh, none of them are binding, of course, but uh, are they fairly specific about what it's going to take to make them binding under the time frame under which they would become binding? Uh, they vary, Your Honor. I mean, they have, um, you know, they're, they're heavily caveated, of course, and, um, you know, not in what I would call final form because what we would propose to do is, you know, once we have all the letters of interest in hand, Miller Buckfire intends to negotiate against one or two of those to get the best possible offer out there on the table that would be reduced to an, an asset purchase agreement that we bring to the court. So okay. um, that's a long explanation of saying that these are these are letters of interest, and that's all they are. Right. They're not offering what I would call a, a common sense use of that term. But the fact that you intend to bring uh, the principal of the debtor and have that uh, principal indicate uh, his opinion as to value, uh, that's that's something new here. Had you understood that before, Mr. Peck? Uh, no, I, I hadn't because um, based on your uh, colloquy with, with Mr. Taylor um, at the last hearing, I understood they they really didn't want to be pinned down to any type of valuation, high or low. It sounds like that's not the case necessarily, correct, Mr. Taylor? Uh, that's correct, Your Honor. And again, you know, just to be clear, we, we would anticipate Mr. Mr. Moss testifying that, in his opinion, the property is worth more than the aggregate amount of the dip loan and the face amount of the uh, mechanics loans. I mean, and I think he can state that. Okay, well, that, that's a little bit different than I was hearing you suggest a second ago. I thought he, as the principal of the debtor, was going to have his own opinion as to what he thought the property was worth. Not true. Yeah, well, that's that's the extent of his opinion, Your Honor. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Mr. Patrick, when traditionally the the uh, principal of the debtor or a individual of the debtor, him or herself, uh, is allowed to opine as to the value of the property. I'm interested in hearing what he says. Uh, and I'm going to, in the meantime, order that the um, uh, that 
dinner presented to our chambers uh, for our in-camera inspection. The letters of intent have been received so far. I'm not going to order that they be compelled uh, to be shared, uh, but I want to see what's there and, and uh, or, you know, I guess right now all bets are off for the hearing itself, but uh, we'll see what it what plays out at the time of the hearing then. Yeah, I, I understand that, Your Honor. I just, I, I guess I want to understand a little bit what the effect of that in-camera review is going to be. Is that the court saying that will be admissible as evidence and the court can rely on it and making its determination? When you say admissible as evidence, something that everybody can share and test, uh, Mr. Taylor is telling me they can't submit it uh, for those purposes, right, Mr. Taylor? That's correct, Your Honor. Right. So I'm going to look at what it says and uh, not knowing what it's going to say, it's hard for me to tell you today what my reaction to that's going to be. Okay. Well, just uh, to, to be clear, for the record, it, we, we do object to even um, the production of that for in-camera review, and obviously we'll respect whatever decision the, uh, the court makes, and if that's your order, that's the order, but I, I do want it to be clear for the record um, that we object to it because, you know, uh, you'll give it whatever weight it's due. I, I understand that, um, but I, I still fundamentally have a problem with the presentation of evidence in, in secret. I hear exactly what you're saying, Mr. Pack, and uh, I appreciate you making the record. Uh, um, and I can't tell you that they've got therefore aware come time of the hearing. I want to see what's there, and then we'll uh, uh, have to figure out where we go from there. Okay. Okay, I just, uh, I'm afraid that if we were to, first of all, disclose any of this, uh, it sounds like some of them uh, have a confidentiality provision that would prevent that disclosure. And if I forced it, uh, you can probably expect they would walk. That's the last thing we want here. Um, so I'd like to see what we got, and then uh, at the time of the hearing, uh, I'll have a plan about where we go from there, knowing that you fully intend to continue your objection at that time. Okay. Uh, thank you, Your Honor. Okay. Um, if, uh, well, Mr. Taylor, if your principal is in fact going to take the stand, it sounds like uh, he will. Uh, you made him available for deposition by Mr. Pack and or others. You know, I, I haven't checked with his schedule, but if Mr. Pack wants to depose him, um, we can certainly, I think, work that out. Okay, good. I, I expect Mr. Pack is going to want exactly that, so please do work it out. No, I, actually, I, I can make that easy. I'm, I'm not going to depose him. He, he did testify at the 341 yesterday, um, so if he testifies inconsistently with that, um, then we'll reserve the right to um, impeach him with the, the 341 testimony. But I, you know, frankly, between now and, and uh, Tuesday, I, I, I don't have uh, time to take a deposition. I don't, I don't think I'm going to, so I can okay. at least resolve that concern. Okay. Well, thank you, Mr. Pack. Um, I know the parties will continue to cooperatively work, maybe not necessarily agree, but uh, I look forward to seeing everybody on Tuesday. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Your Thank Honor. you. We're adjourned.